0: A quiet time. What is a quiet time? A quiet time is a regular period of time that you set aside to give undivided attention to God for the purpose of developing your relationship with Him. Obviously, a quiet time can have an infinite variety of activities within it, but two things are the bedrock here prayer and studying Scripture. Because a quiet time, by definition, is developing a relationship with God. And then it always involves a two-way conversation based on listening to God and then speaking to God. A quiet time involves listening to God, uh, which means a quiet time must be grounded in Scripture, in a study of God's Word. A quiet time also involves speaking to God in prayer. So that's a quiet time. A quiet time is a period of undivided attention to God Uh, for the purpose of developing a relationship with him. And everyone here falls in some bandwidth on the quiet time continuum. On one end of the uh, quiet time continuum, there are those uh, here who have a regular quiet time, and it adds immeasurably to a relationship with God. And if that's you, I would just say that this message is just a, a reminder of all the reasons why that's so important, and it's so important to keep fresh and vital. Then on the other end of the continuum, we have uh, people who have never had a quiet time because they've really never even heard of the concept before. And so I'm hoping that uh, this message will encourage you to start a quiet time, that you start that quiet time. And years uh, ahead from now, you'll look back on this day and say, this is one of the most important days in your walk with Christ. Then in between these two poles, uh, we have a whole group of us uh, in the middle who have kind of a love-hate relationship with this idea of a quiet time. Uh, some love the idea of a regular meeting with God. In fact, they used to have one. They used to have one, but then, you know, they got out of school or uh, they had some kids or something happened and just kind of take the wind out of their sails and they just fell out of a regular meeting time with God. Some here have a regular quiet time and hate it. Uh, It's a uh, dry, legalistic routine that uh, really is dry as dust. Uh, then there are those who love the idea of a quiet time and they've tried it, but they've never been able to keep it going. Uh, after a bunch of starts and stops, they just get to the point where this quiet time issue is a source of anxiety and guilt and shame before God. And if you're in this group, uh, when you saw the title of the message today, uh, you probably tensed up and felt all condemned already and started to roll your eyes. and say, like, I can't have a quiet time. I'll just fail. I want you to know I understand the struggle. I, uh, I've had my own sets of failures with this uh, idea of a quiet time. And uh, I, I know those feelings of guilt and condemnation. I, and since I know this struggle, I think I can uh, try to make this a condemnation-free zone, this message. and. I'd like every one of us on the continuum on quiet time to just take a fresh look at the value of setting aside some regular time for undivided attention to God for the purpose of developing a relationship with him. And with that in mind, let me offer the eight reasons you need a quiet time. The first reason you need a quiet time is because God deserves and demands your undivided attention. Why should you go to the trouble of scheduling a time with God Giving Him your undivided attention. Here's the reason. Because God wants your undivided attention. In fact, He demands it. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Then uh, Jeremiah 29, God says, You will seek Me and you will find Me. When you seek with Me, you seek Me with all your heart. In Amos chapter 5, God says over and over again, seek me and live. Seek me and it's really living. Seek me. From cover to cover, God issues this call to seek him. What is seeking? Seeking is giving God my undivided attention for that period in which I seek him in order to know him better. Maybe you're saying to yourself, you know, I don't need to set aside time with God because God and I spend time all day long together. You know, uh, I always am keeping in touch with God. I'll whisper prayers throughout the day at work. Uh, when I'm at home, folding the clothes I'm praying to God. Um, I'm thinking about him when I'm doing the lawn. And I say, yes, yes, that's exactly what God wants for us. To commune with him day and night. But God also wants a little of your undivided attention on a regular basis. God wants more than just the hurried whispers and the nod throughout the day. Um, God deserves my focused attention. where on a regular basis, I sit down for a few minutes, stop what I'm doing, and I listen to him and seek to know him more. Luke's Gospel records that among Jesus' closest friends were two sisters, Mary and Martha. And one day, Jesus went to their house. Once Jesus sat down, Mary and Martha went two different directions. Martha went to the kitchen, and Mary sat at Jesus' feet and just listened to him and talked to him. Well, Martha got really upset with Mary because uh, Martha was scurrying around the kitchen trying to get a nice meal ready for Jesus and everybody. And there's Mary just sitting around. And eventually, Martha burst out of the kitchen and said, Jesus, will you tell my sister to come in this kitchen and help me? And Jesus said this, Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things, but there's only one thing that is most important. Mary has chosen that. It's better, and it won't be taken from her. Don't miss that. Don't miss this heart of God through the mouth of Jesus where he says, You need to spend time giving your undivided attention to me. This is the first and greatest reason you need a quiet time, because Jesus wants you. God wants you. God wants you to give Him your undivided attention for the purpose of developing a relationship with Him. God deserves that undivided attention, and God demands it. And this reason alone should be enough to bring us to that point where we carve out some time in our schedule to meet with God, but there are still seven more reasons. The second reason you need a quiet time is because God promises that it will result in great reward. Psalm 119. Blessed are those who keep God's statutes and seek Him with all their heart. Psalm 34, Those who seek the Lord lack nothing. Lamentations 3.25, The Lord is good to those who seek Him. Do you hear that? God promises that if you make Him the object of your undivided attention, you'll be blessed, you'll lack no good thing, and the Lord will be good to you. Then Jesus says in Matthew 6, When you pray, go into your room, Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. And the father who is uh, unseen and sees what is done in secret will reward you and reward you and reward you. God promises that if you carve out some quiet time in order to give him your undivided attention, he will reward you. And there are, of course, unlimited ways that God can reward you. But the greatest, most valuable way that God rewards you is by giving you more of himself. That's God's greatest reward, to give you more of himself. Just imagine if you had more of God, more of his peace, more of his strength, more of his power in your life. That would mean everything. It's the greatest reward. So the second reason you need a quiet time is because God promises to make it a rewarding experience. The third reason you need a quiet time is because you can't live like Jesus unless you learn from Jesus. You know, after Jesus ascended to heaven... His disciples, Peter and John, started doing so such amazing things that they got really scary to the religious authorities. And so uh, the religious leaders called uh, Peter and John into a tribunal. And uh, the court's reaction is recorded in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these two men had been with Jesus. You see, there was an air of greatness around Peter and John, and everybody knew it. Everybody knew that these guys were great, and they knew why. Because they had been with Jesus. Same goes with you. The only way you can live like Jesus is to devote some undivided attention to learning from Jesus, just like Peter and John. Peter and John were methetes. Um, this is the Greek word that is translated into English as the word disciple. Uh, do you know what mathetes means? It means... Student. The only way you can live like Jesus is to become his methetes, to become his student, listening to his word, giving him undivided attention to just listen and study and, and act upon his word. The more you spend time learning from God's word, the more you begin to live God's way. God gives us 2nd Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17. It's written there in front of your bulletin to tell us how God uses his word to make us like Jesus. Here it is. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for catch this, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now these four words from 2nd Timothy chapter 3, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training They supply the basis for the next four reasons you need a quiet time set aside for studying God's word. The fourth reason you need a quiet time is because you can't follow a Jesus you don't know. 2 Timothy 3.16, God says that when I set some time aside to study his word, he teaches me. God uses his word to teach me about himself because he knows that I can't follow him if I don't know him. He uses his word to teach me because he knows that I can't trust him if I don't know him. God uses his word to teach me because he knows I can't please him with my life if I don't know what he loves and what he hates. The fifth reason you need a quiet time is because you need God's help to make good decisions. 2 Timothy 3.16, God says that when I, divide un- when I give undivided attention to his word, God uses his word to rebuke me. And that's exactly what I need if I'm going to make good decisions. Because you see, there are so many voices coming from so many different directions in my life. I need God's word to yell out, No, 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 not that way, this way, No, 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 not that way, this is where you want to go. Some people don't end up devoting attention to God until they're in a mess. I say, don't wait. It's so much better to have a regular time in God's Word so you can use His Word to help you make good decisions. That's so much better than to wait until you're in a big mess out of bad decisions and then come to God's Word. The sixth reason you need a quiet time is because your heart and your mind need healing. 2 Timothy 3.16, God says that when I become a student of his word, he uses it to correct me. Uh, The Greek root word here for correcting is orthos, where we get the words orthopedic and orthodontist. Ortho means to straighten out. Just like orthopedic shoes uh, heal feet by straightening them, and an orthodontist heals teeth by straightening them, God heals me by using his word to straighten me out. When my mind is bent on selfishness, when my thoughts are twisted by greed, God uses time spent in his word to straighten me out and to untangle my heart and thoughts. He makes me think. More and more like Jesus. So I can act more and more like Jesus through his word. The seventh reason you need a quiet time is because you need to be prepared for your big part in God's big plan. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. God says that when I spend time with him, he uses his word to train me. And the Greek word for training is padia, where we get our English words pedagogue or pediatric. And padia means to raise a child. The idea is that just like a loving dad, God uses his word to train me and prepare me for his fatherly good purposes. It's like um, God just gets behind us like a father uh, gets behind his son to show his son how where to put the hands on the baseball bat so that he can eventually learn to hit it out of the park. And God says, he uses his word in verse 17, so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's got a plan. He's got to prepare you for it. The eighth, last reason for why you need a quiet time is because you've been created for a relationship with God. Genesis makes it clear that when God made Adam, uh, Adam was in the Garden of Eden and it was paradise because he had a relationship with God for which he was created. And in fact, uh, according to Genesis 3, um, Adam and God had a quiet time every day because in Genesis 3, God comes in the cool of the day for his regular walk with Adam. Uh, In fact, and then also in Genesis chapter 2, verse, uh, uh, verse 2, we find that God ordains a quiet time with Adam. It's called the Sabbath. God set apart the Sabbath day so that Adam could use it to develop his relationship for which he was created, the relationship with God. This quiet time um, built into the into this week was was so important in God's heart that this law went from the Garden of Eden to the Mountain of Sinai, and God wrote it in stone in the Ten Commandments. The fourth commandment is: "Have quiet time set aside for me," God says. But, of course, now we know that God doesn't write his law on stone. According to Jeremiah chapter 31, God writes his law on our hearts. Through the Holy Spirit, God writes his law of quiet time, Sabbath, on our hearts, so that we have a longing for this time set aside for a relationship with him. But you may be saying, hey, then I'm created for a relationship with God and a desire for a quiet time doesn't change the fact that I've tried it and I always fail. Let's talk about that. Um, You may be one of those people who started way back when uh, really eager to set some time aside for God. But then after a couple of days or a couple of weeks, um, your zeal turned into zero and you just stopped meeting with God and you end up saying, I failed. Well, if you're like most, if you go back and analyze why you couldn't sustain your quiet time... You'll find that it's because you got buried under a pile of unrealistic expectations. Often people eager to meet with God start with this zeal where they say, I'm going to read a, a chapter of the Old Testament and a New Testament uh, ch- a chapter, and I'm going to write a commentary on both, and then I'm going to uh, you know, spend some time writing in a journal, I'll spend some time listening to God, and then I'll go through an extensive prayer list all the while fasting. And... Uh, <laughs> It's just too much! It's too much! And uh, these expectations keep piling this burden and that nobody can maintain and, you know, keep a full time job. Uh, you know, the important thing is that you need to right size your meeting with God in a way that matches your available time, your discipline level, your personality type, your learning style, and what you really enjoy. Uh, for instance, I'm a writer. I love writing. I learn what I write. And so I'm at my best in prayer when I can just write short letters to God. I'm best in my Bible study when I have a pen in my hand and I can just write down the thoughts as God seems to be speaking to me through Scripture. But if you're not a writer, don't force yourself into journal writing just because you heard some uh, knucklehead like me say your writing is really good in your quiet time. Maybe you're a listener and you need to get scripture on audio tape. Maybe you're a walker and you need to get scripture on an index card and just take a walk with God and listen and talk to Him. Maybe you're a worshiper and you need to sing your way through the Bible. Just don't make the mistake of thinking that you have a personality that makes it impossible for you to give your undivided attention to God. God has created us all with these unique personalities, personalities that can give our undivided attention to God and personalities that will be maximized only when we do. For instance, some of us are activists. Uh, God has wired us to thrive on getting things done. Um, and for activists, it can be hard to stop and meet with God. But when activists spend time with God in a way that is consistent with their personality, they are much more effective because they, uh, they hurt fewer people and their rush to achieve and they make a bigger difference because God teaches them how to do what Jesus would do like Jesus would do it. Uh, some of us are not activists. We're socialites. And God has wired us to thrive on relationships, and it's hard for us to put down the phone and spend time with God. And socialites say, you know, I'd love the idea of solitude if I could just bring along a few friends. Um, You know, socialites may find it hard to spend time with God, but when they do, in a way that's consistent with their personality type, they are much better in all their relationships because God teaches them how to tame their tongue and... How to give grace and wisdom just like Jesus would in their relationships to construct people in a way that changes their lives. Some of us are not uh, activists or socialites. We're contemplatives. God wired us to thrive on thoughts and ideas and experiences. And sometimes it can be hard for contemplatives to put down that book and just spend time with God. But when contemplatives spend time with God in a consistent way with their personality type, they can become much better thinkers because God teaches them to have his worldview, which includes the importance of getting outside of that contemplative interior and actually reaching out with a love that transforms in Jesus. Activists, socialites, contemplatives, they're all here in this room. I know you. Some of you are activists, and when you say you're going to call me, you mean you're going to call me when you get home. Maybe before, because you have a cell phone all the time. And you may also give me a little Blackberry just to make sure that I got the call. And then some of you are contemplatives. And when you say that you're going to call me back, you mean that you're going to call me back before you die. (laughs) And and you know what happens when activists meet contemplatives. They get married and drive each other crazy. Um, Some of our personality types, they're hard for us to appreciate in each other, but God loves it. God creates us with these different personality types, and he wants to meet with us within that personality type. So maybe you're one of those who say, you know, I've tried a quiet time with God and I tried to read two chapters a day and pray for 15 minutes every day and I couldn't do it. Well, all you know is that you can't read two chapters and you can't spend 15 minutes in prayer every day. Uh, And nobody said you have to read two chapters. Nobody said you have to pray 15 minutes. Nobody even said you had to do it every day. The only stake in the ground is this. God deserves and demands your undivided attention for a period on a regular basis. How and when and where you give God your undivided attention should be as snowflake unique as you are. God wants a personal relationship with you, which means that the details are going to be different for you than they are for everybody else. You've got to arrange this so it's right-sized to your interests, your lifestyle, and your personality makeup. So if you're one of those people who say, I've tried a quiet time and I failed, let me encourage you to put the past aside. Put aside your preconceived notions and your sense of of heavy expectations and just meet with God in a guilt-free environment, right-sized to your unique personality because you were created. You were created for this kind of relationship with God that includes giving God your undivided attention in a quiet time. You know, there's a stretch of road in the tri-state area that construction crews have been working on for over a year. And it's a road that's heavily traveled by people in a big hurry. And so the fact that these people won't slow down has made a very difficult project much more difficult and dangerous. They had a big sign there uh, issuing the command, slow down. But it didn't work. And in fact, not only did it not work, but a, a construction worker was hit and killed. They tried another sign. They made it into the, the, a threat, a really big threat, saying that they would prosecute Anyone who was speeding through the construction zone, double, triple uh, fines uh, for speeding. And, and of course, dozens and dozens of drivers got uh, tickets, but nobody seemed to slow down. Finally, they found a sign that brought traffic down to a work-safe speed. The sign featured a large photograph, a photograph of a four-year-old boy who happened to be the son of of one of the construction workers. And in that photograph, the little boy is holding a a toy truck. And underneath the photograph were these words, Please slow down. Keep my daddy safe. And people slowed down. Because a commandment won't slow us down. A threat won't slow us down. But a picture of a relationship, a loving relationship, just might slow us down. And what's true in the highway is true in our relationship with God. God knows that a command or a threat is not going to slow us down. In fact, God doesn't want that. He doesn't want time spent with him to be some kind of duty or obligation. How would you feel if you had a friend that only met with you because he felt like he had to? It was a command. wouldn't be very nice. God doesn't issue a command or a threat for you to meet with him. He doesn't want you in that on those terms. Instead, God holds up a picture. He holds up a picture of what your life could be like in a loving relationship with him. He holds up a picture of who you could be if you just lived out what you were created for in developing that kind of relationship with him with just simple moments and undivided attention to him. He holds up a picture of his son with his arms stretched out to the limit trying to reach out to you. Won't you slow down? Won't you slow down? Won't you slow down enough to set aside a quiet time to develop your relationship with God? Let's talk to God. God, summer is a good time for us to slow down. You know that. And Lord, I pray that you would use some of these words to speak to us about your passion. The passion you have to make our lives count because we're engaged in what we're created for. Our relationship with you that involves some undivided attention to you. Lord, hold up that picture for all of us. Hold up the picture of what... It could be like what this relationship could mean if we developed it. God, hold up that picture for us of the importance of just setting aside a little time to develop the most important eternal relationship that we have our relationship with you. Would you please stand?